Okay, please be seated. So, Jesus the man. Um, there's a, a connection. Uh, oh, I don't know. I'm starting in the wrong place. Should have looked at these notes earlier, shouldn't I? So the context of uh, this episode that uh, Jane read to us, in Jesus, so the context in Jesus' life is that after being baptised by John the Baptist, Jesus fasts for 40 days in, uh, and nights in the Judean desert. And during that time, Satan appears to him and tempts him towards sin. Jesus refuses each temptation, as we heard. The devil then departs, and Jesus returns to Galilee to begin his ministry. So he goes through this episode to launch, you know, just before the launch of his ministry. So there were three temptations. We'll just have a quick look at uh, all three. Regarding the first temptation... Satan says to Jesus, if you're the son of God, command that these stones become bread. When Satan says, if you're the son of God, he isn't questioning Jesus' deity, for he knows exactly who Jesus is. What he is saying is, since you are the son of God, why starve yourself to death? Why not demonstrate your God, the son of God, by miraculously making yourself something to eat? And you may ask, well, what's wrong with that? Jesus was at the end of 40 days of fasting and was very hungry. Why is this a temptation? Well, Jesus had stepped away from the comforts of life to spend time in the desert fasting and focusing on his father's spiritual agenda. Satan tries to tempt him away from things spiritual and uses divine powers to meet his physical needs. And Jesus' response to this temptation is to quote from Deuteronomy chapter 8. Uh, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus chooses this quote for a very particular reason. Chapter 8 of Deuteronomy describes how the Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years... God wanted them to know that he would provide their food, but they had to obey him and submit to his will. When Jesus refuses to give in to Satan's temptation, it isn't that he doesn't want to eat. Rather, it's a matter of obedience to the Father and submitting to his will in all things at all times. Having got nowhere with his first temptation... Satan takes Jesus into Jerusalem, has him stand on the highest point of the temple and says, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. See, now I think about Satan quotes the Bible. What exactly is this temptation? Well, if you think about it, it was for Jesus to create a crisis and then force God to rescue him from it. In effect, um, Satan saying to Jesus, you're God's son and he loves you. So if you jump down from here, he'll send his angels to rescue you. 
Jesus responds by again, quoting from uh, Deuteronomy, where it says, Do not put the Lord your God to the test as you did at Massa. And uh, if you're wondering, Massa was the place in the wilderness where the Israelites grumbled against God and God warned them against disobeying and uh, testing him. Jesus applies God's word correctly to fend Satan off again. As a third temptation, Satan takes Jesus to a high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he says, all these things I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. What's going on here? Well, in effect, Satan is offering Jesus a shortcut to his kingdom. Jesus knows he'd have to suffer and die before he entered his glory. Satan's promise is, or his temptation is, look, you came as a king to inherit the nations. Here they are. I'm giving them to you in exchange for your worship. Why go through the suffering to get the crown? For Satan, worship and recognition from Jesus, that is from God, you know, are far more precious than possession of the kingdoms of the world. Satan has always wanted worship because he has always wanted to be God. And that was why he was expelled from heaven. Jesus' response to the third temptation, guess what? It's a quote from Deuteronomy. Away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Jesus would never ever worship Satan. He would take back the kingdom in God's time and in God's way by defeating Satan not only here but also later at the cross. And the enemy left, a defeated challenger. So, you may be wondering, well, what's all this got to do with me? Jesus was tempted by Satan. I don't face those sort of temptations. Uh, we don't often talk about Satan most of us would rather duck this uncomfortable aspect of Christian teaching that God has an enemy who is at large in our world today but the Bible doesn't duck it in his first letter Peter writes be alert and of sober mind your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And in his letter to the Ephesians, Paul writes, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And that's, who's in charge of that? Satan. We all need to bear in mind what Satan's agenda is. I've just mentioned the big picture. He really wants to be God. But he's already been defeated in that. But his time hasn't yet come, so he's still prowling around here like a lion, looking for someone to eat. Devour, sorry, I think he put it in there. Satan's agenda for each individual on the planet, and that includes everything, everyone in this room, and the youngsters who have just left, 
Satan's primary aim is to separate us from God. He wants to stop us worshipping God. And what sort of things separate us from God? Well, have you ever been tempted to not bother reading your Bible? To not bother coming to a church service? To not bother praying? To not bother telling a non-believer about your faith? As I said earlier, it's not wrong to think such things and we all give in to temptations, even the ease from time to time. But can you see, they're all openings for Satan to separate us from God. The Bible makes clear that God loves us and he stands ready whenever we ask to help us through our trials and temptations, especially any temptations where Satan is trying to separate us from God. In his first letter to the Corinthians, Paul puts it like this. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. As if God would ever uh, not help us if we ask. In conclusion then, we must remember that God's will has no shortcuts. If we want to share in the glory, we must also share in temptations and trials for the time being. It won't be like this in heaven. Jesus' experience of temptation prepared him for his ministry as our sympathetic high priest. Jesus is able to sympathise with our weaknesses and the temptations that we face because he was subject to weakness and temptation too. Therefore, we can come to him and ask for the help we need to overcome the tempter. And a final word, brothers and sisters, if ever we sense that Satan is trying to enter our lives, we don't need to be afraid of him. For in Jesus, we have a saviour who has already defeated Satan completely. Alleluia.